0: and welcome to another episode of sports rap live sports rap podcast it is your boy sports rap d and i am back now i don't know what the problem is with my feed right now so i'm gonna go and i can't play with this any longer um it's just working for me but i'm gonna do what i need to do and I'm going to continue on, so I'll have video up. You know, when video comes up, I'll have it up for you next, the next couple of days or so if you can't come back and it doesn't uh, come in live. I don't know, like I said, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to try and get it together, uh, but it's really crazy. It's really bothering me right now. But nonetheless, it is now time for our Sixers Talk, and like i said you will be able to hear this podcast unfortunately um the live is not coming as it should for me but i'm going to try something and i'm going to switch up a little bit and see if this works for me but again like i mentioned to you i have a list a long list if you will of things that i want to talk about in regards to what's going on and what went on with the Sixers in this early exit from the playoffs, which was totally unexpected um, by me. It was totally unexpected by just about every fan that is a Sixers fan. So, all right, so I, I got a way to get it. So I'm back up live. So you can tune into the group page, SportsWack Radio Show, as we always do. Um, and it's live right now, so I'm here. And again, like I said, you can chime in with your comments um, if you have any comments. So I'm going to start at, at the top of my list. And actually, this list I have, these um, bullet points that I have for my list are in no specific order, if you will. They are just as the season was as this playoffs were going and things that i noticed that i wanted to bring to the table that i wanted to talk about and they are just that as i as i thought about it i jotted it down so that i would be able to mention it and be able to remember what was going on so jackie bridges thanks for tuning back in again i apologize for the technical difficulties but i got something working and we are here so here we go first thing is something that I've been talking about uh, pretty much all season. You know, when the season regular season started prior to the stoppage, and continually after that, and maybe for all the way back to last season. If you were Richard Drummond, thanks for tuning in as well. Uh, Brett Brown, his time is up. And the last several weeks, actually last week, when I gave you the playoff preview. I did say some things and how I felt about this. And one of the ways that I felt initially was, like I always say, and you know, I have been saying, kind of like the way when Andy Reid was let go by the Eagles. It was just time. You know, he had, in regards to Andy Reid, he had won four or five consecutive NFC titles. He finally got to the Super Bowl. Uh, didn't win it, but he finally did get us to the Super Bowl with the Eagles. And then after that, things just started to fall apart. So at that point, when he was let go, it was, in my opinion, just time for to part ways. You know, that marriage had run its course, and it was just time to start anew. Um, they started anew with the Eagles just real quick. It was a lot of controversy with Doug Peterson being hired. Second year, he won a Super Bowl, been in the playoffs just about every year. And they had to fight. But getting back to it's kind of mirroring what I want to talk about with Brett Brown, he got the, his players prepared and his coaching staff got them prepared to fight and went out, I think it was the last two seasons or not especially last season, to win out to win the division over the Cowboys, who looked like they had a strong hold on the division until late in the season. Then they ended up winning the division and ended up going into the playoffs. So that is that for that part. But here Initially we have the same situation. Or initially I thought we had the same situation. And one of the things I mentioned was that the fact that I was saying initially that if he didn't get us out of or at least get back to the semifinals or the conf or get to the conference finals this year, or at worst get back to the conference semifinals, then it was time. But As I watched the eight seeding games, and then I watched the very abysmal playoff attempt, if you will, I'm not even going to call it a playoff run, a playoff series, because once again, he was out coached, out strategized, and right now it is starting to show, and it has shown a lot in this last series, that. He's probably just not the guy to deal with this group of players. So, yes, I think it is time. Uh people asked me yesterday, would it happen today? I said it probably won't happen the day after, you know. Um I just feel like it will it will happen before the week is out. I just don't know how long during this week it's gonna take. But I think it will be handled. Before the week is out, or at worst, by the end of the week, so again, I'll keep my eyes and ears to that and see how it plays out and what happens now, initially, like I said, my thoughts were just that his time may just have been run uh the marriage has run its course, situation has run its course to whatever, and a lot of people were giving him second chances because of what he inherited and what he progressed up until now so for sakes of debating the issue i could go along with some of that or i can understand how people could argue that because he, he inherited something that was not good and he eventually got to the point where they were good they're back into relevancy uh, now in the league and but, I mean, sorry, not in, but to go out like they went out in this first round is is a farce. It's, I don't know what other words to use to explain it, but I'll go with what I say about baseball. It was just a mess. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about the eight seeding games, but I will definitely and often during this Sixers talk revert back to this playoff series this year second time in three years we have been ousted by the Boston Celtics first time ever playing the Boston Celtics in the playoffs and getting swept so on his way out he set a record an unfortunate record but a record nonetheless now People have also been trying or talking to me about other reasons and other people that uh, could possibly have a hand in this to blame. I agree with some of it, and I'll get to that a little bit later on down the line, probably in a little bit more detail. But as far as the people, players, concerned with me, Uh, initially going into this season the tobias harris signing first let's start there he got the max or the super max or whatever and initially i looked at that as the sixers knowingly and honestly knowingly realizing that they couldn't let both of those two guys work and this is post-trade from last year tobias harris and jimmy butler and i'll talk a little bit about jimmy butler a little bit later on as well but they realized that they couldn't let both of those guys walk away so they had to keep one and we all know the jimmy butler situation we all know the stories from the jj reddick podcast of how things played out from his point of view and i understood his point of view and there was a part in some of his comments, when he mentioned about a film session, and there were some other things, and at that point he mentioned that he knew pretty much right then that he would not be coming back because of the way that though that particular situation was handled. So it let Jimmy Butler go, and like I said, you had to keep one of them. So you keep Tobias Harris, and you satisfy him, and you give him the money. Then you bring in an Al Horford, and I did not like the contract that Al Horford got. In a small way, I thought about it, and I was kind of okay with bringing him in, the player, and knowing what he could bring to us or help us with Boston or what I thought he could bring and help us from boston and i can't blame it all on him like i'm getting into it i can't blame it all on the players as well but i really didn't like that contract so now if you think about it business wise as far as contract wise their hands are pretty pretty tied with what they'll be able to do over the summer and like i mentioned in my post um yesterday it's some major changes that have to be made Okay, And I'm talking, in my opinion, all the way across the board. So Al Horford was placed out of position when Ben Simmons got hurt and could not play in the playoffs, and Al Horford was inserted back into the starting lineup, which I was okay with. But the problem I had, and, folks, this is my coaching hat coming off, or putting putting on my coach's hat this is where this is coming from there is in my opinion no reason that al horford should have been subject to guarding a jalen brown in switches or whatever on the wing it's a mismatch no discredit <gasps> excuse no me no k- discredit to the player that al horford is but that was a mismatch and it showed people are saying that jason tatum the only person that could guard him was uh ben simmons i mean you you could argue that but you had pieces on this roster a la mike scott who would have possibly been a little bit more physical than the rest of the guys were with jason tatum and kudos to him great talent okay uh But when you play against guys like that, you have to have your players be either physical with them or you have to make the task tougher for them. In this series, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kimball Walker, and first game or two, not so much Gordon Hayward, but those three. They got extremely comfortable way too soon in those games. Okay. The Sixers team was built with their height for bully ball. I understand the way the league has changed to three point jump shot shooting league. But again, my coaching hat as a coach, you have to use what you have to your advantage i don't think it was done enough okay kevin wolf thanks for coming back i definitely don't think that it was done enough you know like i just mentioned al horford at times on switches or in and poor rotations ended up guarding Jalen brown on the wing if you look at the games in essence it flipped on our offensive end where there were times when they switched and Jalen brown was guarding al horford but he was not put into the post it was not demanded of him to take advantage of the smaller player again coaching in my opinion okay and like i said i'm doing this to get this off my chest and, and it needs to be done it needs to be said so folks like i said people are tuning in if you have any comments that you want to add in please add them in if you will so there was that's one of the few things that i saw i'll move on to the defensive end with the sixers and there are instances instances in these last two games where you saw joel and b pointing at other players or pointing at areas and people not being in the right position things of that nature also i didn't like the fact that they had joel sagging in the paint when his man was the screener in the pick and roll, which we were getting killed in. Okay, I talk to people and I tell people, these are NBA players. These are pros. You cannot give these guys that many clear, open, uncontested shots. They're going to knock quite a few of them down as they did in reference to the Boston Celtics. They pick and rolled us to death. Okay, We need to have some accountability. And I'm going to definitely get to that later on down the line. We also need or needed our guards to be able to fight and get over top of screens. They couldn't do it. They had the screeners man for us sagging off not even showing as much as they should where these guys were getting clean looks. Okay. The Celtics and the Celtics coach did their homework, did their due diligence and they made in game adjustments where if you saw game three, game four, they began to attack shake Milton on the defensive end for the Sixers. Okay. Okay which brings me to another point shake milton is not a starter right now in the nba okay you tried that experiment in the eight seeding games and towards the end of the season and i get it shake had that little stretch when ben was out where he played very well but now since you played very well now you're in people's scouting reports okay but it showed in some of the eight seeding games and most definitely in the playoffs that as of right now he is not a starter starting caliber point guard in the league if you want to have a deep run into the playoffs there were often times when playing against the pick and roll he got completely turned around or he was always behind the shooter which is why he picked up a lot of those cheap fouls because you're chasing now you have to reach over you're going to foul okay also in that i kind of don't agree with all of the calls i still have a little issue with the refereeing uh at times and in certain situations during some of those games but that's neither here nor there the guards couldn't stay in front of anyone and again shake milton just showed that he was not he is not ready to be the everyday starter for a team that looks to go deep into the playoffs okay i can't say enough about the big fella joel Embiid, who played every single game the problem i have with that situation is the fact that he comes out in the beginning of games and he attempts to show you that he wants to be dominant and then you tend to go away from it which is not a good look or he gets subbed out six minutes into the first quarter after starting out pretty well the rotations in my opinion were horrible okay cork miles is what he is a one-trick pony you have to find ways in fact to find minutes and how to use him and you have to use him in the right spots paul Neto, not a starter because he wasn't a starter in utah okay excuse me so he's not a starter to get you through the playoffs where you want to go you had trey burke on the roster and we saw we see what trey burke is doing right now with dallas in the playoffs he could have been a fill-in you also had alec burks on the bench who played a little bit and it's mind-boggling to me how he ends up off the bench in game two with 18 points. Or is it game one and 18 points? And then the very next game, his minutes get cut. Again, like I mentioned, you had Mike Scott on the bench. He didn't play really until game three and game four. And I'm watching a lot of these games, and they had Stan Van Gundy uh, commenting, commentator. Um, Stan Van Gundy at some of these most of these games and he's pointing out stuff that I saw just by watching the games and this is his first time watching them in the playoffs or commentating on them in the playoffs and I was asking people while we were watching the games I said why is it it's really strange but why is it that we sit here and we watch the games on tv and we see what's going on but you got a coaching staff or a head coach who's right on the sideline in the same gym and apparently doesn't see or understand what's going on. Doesn't make the adjustments in game. That was another one of the things on my list. So, the problem, I think also, was the team needed to be tougher. Tobias Harris gave you the impression that he was going to be the lead, a leader in the eight seeding games. He played well in those games. Got to the playoffs and he all but disappeared completely. But I also give him credit for sticking with it, especially yesterday after that fall he had and he came back into the game and played the rest of the game. So I give him a little bit of credit for that. But again, I need some more consistency out of you, Tobias. I'm not saying that you were all bad, but I just need more consistency for the money that you got to be a starter for us. I need a little bit more consistency. Josh Richardson played well, okay? And it, it, it just goes on and goes on. A lot of times, Stan, thanks for tuning in. A lot of times it looked like the guys were confused on offense and defense as to what they were supposed to do. Hence the pointing by Joel in several situations during games three and game four, especially game four. A lot of times guys... Positioning, understanding basic basketball on the offensive end. You know, we want to work Joel, incorporate him, and have him in because we knew that there was no real, none of the center that Boston had could really guard him. So we knew that we had an advantage there. The problem became one, he started out showing you that or attempting to show you that he wanted to be dominant. And then you go away from it as a, coaches, as a coach and in instituting your offense. You go away from it. The other part that I saw in that situation was the movement of the guards. There were too many times when Shake Milton, for one, and a couple other guards would, yo, "Shy, what's going on, would dump the ball down to Joel. And then their man is hedging looking for the double team because they also know that they're at a disadvantage with joel and the center that they have on the roster ideally thanks for tuning in Shaw. ideally you have to understand that as a guard on that side with him you have to reposition and give him an angle a sight line where he can kick the ball out if the double team does come now mind you no knock on joel like i said i love what he did for the most part I still think he needs to have still needs some work on dealing with double teams passing out of double teams perfect example game three that pass that he tried to throw across court across the lane he could have dropped it right to Al Horford who was in the paint and could have got a layup and they probably could have won that game but it's over with now so there's nothing you can do about it but again no knock on Joel I am happy for the most part with how he performed in the series but I also still think that he does need some more work in dealing with double teams and learning to pass more efficiently out of double teams. I also think that he needs to do more, play more bully ball, like I mentioned earlier. He knows that he can shoot the jump shot, and he tends to shoot those mid range jump shots a lot. And it could be part of the way the offense was running or being run, if you will so i'll give him a little curve there a little benefit of the doubt there if you will but i also want to see him more on the block and i think from a coach's standpoint the coach needs to reiterate that when he's on the sideline in timeouts when he's subbed out frank milligan tuned in so you have to be able to play bully ball with the tools that you had again you had the tools to play bully ball that's what the in my opinion, that's the way this team was built with the length to play bully ball and run when you have the opportunity. Okay, that goes into the confusion. There's also the predictable and the stale offense. Where Boston knew what we were doing. And in a lot of ways, in my opinion, it really shouldn't have mattered. Because if you keep playing bully ball. Joel Embiid, with his skill set on the offensive end, is going to get these guys in foul trouble. Okay? Then you're at an advantage, because now they have to play small. Then you're extremely big because you have Al Horford and Embiid who who can rotate in the post. Okay? But too often, you have these guys. Cisco, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. Too often in this Sixers offense, we get to the, meat, to the meat of games, second, third quarter, early fourth quarters, where Joel Embiid is now out on the wing at the three-point line and has to work into the post. Al Horford is on the wing or at the foul line. You've got to use what you have. When Boston went small, we should have went bully ball. Should have pounded them in the paint. It's the way it happens. That's the way it goes. Okay. It's the way I was brought up. It's the way I was taught. It's the way I coached. If I got bigs, I'm going to utilize my bigs on the block. Especially if we're bigger than the other team. Okay. The offense was just so predictable. For example, TJ McConnell, who now plays for the Indiana Pacers. In that one game where we got killed, as we always do, by t.j warren kills us all the time t.j mcconnell still knew what was going on which leads me to believe that you had the same offense from when he was here there was nothing changed there was nothing adjusted there was nothing instituted to change that up where people you might play against that were previously on your team might see it but then they can't really get the right read on it tj was calling out the plays and telling people what to do on defensive end i didn't really like it personally but it just shows how stale and predictable the offense was at the time okay when you have a big squad like the sixers have you have to institute bully ball and like i said i don't care that the league is now a jump shooting league three-point league whatever if you have the tools to dominate on the low block and in the post you have to do it because ultimately if you know anything about basketball now you put the onus on the defense to really have to dig in and play some defense And anybody that's played anybody that's coached knows when you punish guys on the defensive end Takes a little bit out of them when they when they return back to their offensive end. It just happens. That's the way it is. Okay. So, the stale and predictable offense was another downside that I saw. Okay. There are extremely, extremely many, many instances where the team was confused about what they were supposed to be doing at different times around or different times within the situational play of the game some of them like i said they were confused at times and it's rough because it makes you wonder what in the world was going on when you were in timeouts What were you talking to these guys about in timeouts? Were you letting these guys know that they were out of position? Were you letting these guys know what they needed to do to continue the success of the team? Apparently not because it didn't happen. Okay. Now, I move into one of the biggest things that I felt like was wrong with this team big word begins with an a we're going to call it accountability and i'm going to get into that a little bit later with jason richardson who also mentioned the same thing in his post-game comments yesterday there was no accountability for these players on this team none okay shallow says the sixers got two stars only one was playing Why do everybody have the green light and we not built like that? Really? Sha, I totally agree. You got to pound the ball to your star, which we know, Sha, from playing as much as we played together. You got to work that horse. And if you work that horse the right way, it's going to ultimately open up shots or open up opportunities for these other guys. Way too many three-point shots were taken by these guys on this team way too many in my opinion okay again i understood a lot of joel's frustration because like i said you start out going to him and then you eventually fade away from it then late when you're down in the fourth quarter trying to make a comeback you want to try and reinstitute it it's too late now because by that time he's pretty much uninterested and by that time you also know on the other team knows that they're going to try to do this now so we're ready for it if you do it the whole game they won't be ready they might not be ready for it late in the game or if you do it the entire game from the beginning you may not get to that point where you got to fight at the end of games no disrespect to boston and i hate saying it this way because boston is our rival and i just do not like the celtics But I have to give them credit. I have to give, especially their coaching staff, who again, once again, have shown the ability to out coach Brett Brown. So, again, I think that sometime within this week, the announcement will be made and Brett Brown will be dismissed. So, now getting into my post. You saw the picture, the black and white picture of Brett Brown, and said he must be fired. So some of the things that were said, some of the comments that were said in regards to that picture, and I'm going to go through these, read these comments, and then I'm going to talk about how I felt, you know, the interpretation, my interpretation of these comments. First one was Daryl Austin. Shout out to you, Daryl, for commenting on the post. He says, and I'm quoting: Brett Brown has his share of the blame for sure, but he thinks the onus is on management. He should have been fired two years ago. Management allowed him to keep up his ineptness, allowed Jimmy Butler to walk, picked Markel Fultz. Management and the team sucks. Where is the photo of Elton Brand? What's up, money? I know you tuned in. I know you got your broom out just like Chuck. Chuck gave it to me a little bit this morning, and I'm accepting it, okay? I'm not mad at you guys. I am totally disappointed with my guys i'm still a fan i'm just not liking the way this situation played out right now so congratulations to you money for your team moving on and beating us and sweeping us in the playoffs now what i have to say about his last point where's the photo of elton brand (laughs) right now i kind of give elton brand the benefit of the doubt because of what he inherited brett brown should have been out there yeah he should have been out a couple years back like Daryl said i agree now with elton brand i said i give him a benefit of a doubt because of what he inherited and he gave you a bright spot when he made those two trades last season and ended up with tobias harris and jimmy butler especially the jimmy butler move okay now it's been reported and i'm going to get to this later too that brett brown had a hand in jimmy butler not staying which i listened to the podcast i heard some things and i can see how that came about but with elton brand give him the benefit of a doubt right now because like i said because of what he inherited which was a mess following colangelo and all of that stuff there uh he did make the move and trade markel (coughs) folks excuse me again the sixers at the time when he got drafted, were duped by the Celtics once again into drafting Markelle Force when they possibly or probably should have drafted Jason Tatum. Things would have been a lot different. Okay, so with that, Daryl, I give Elton Brand the benefit of the doubt. Like I said, I think his now, I think he's now on the hot seat. Okay, that's the way I look at it. That he's on the hot seat right now as the GM to do what he needs to do to try and turn this thing around okay um the next comment i'm bringing in is from anthony brooks and he says two years into the process he was told to give him a second chance we've not blaming him this time around he blamed colangelo then for all the bus picks in the first round absolutely now he says brand i don't think he put him in a situation where he could succeed gave out large contracts to two dudes who are not primary starters well i can see how you can argue that with tobias harris i know al horford's up in age but i think his basketball iq he can still serve as a starter and looking at the makeup of the sixers roster right now tobias harris is a starter on this team so like i said i can understand how you can debate and argue he might not be a legitimate starter on some other teams but on this team with the bench the way it looks he's a starter on this roster the way it's built okay um the team was not consistent so the team would be different if elite talent was brought in okay he so said he did the sixers did to the sixers whatever he did to the team when they signed him blew up the salary cap signing of, the signing of butler and burks um Burks was not a starter, but an, a viable bench player, and I'm thinking he's referring to Alec Burks, who can get buckets. That was great. Bringing in Jimmy Butler last year when he did was great, okay? But to let him walk away, and like I said, I'm going to get into the underlying facts of how that situation all played out and was not good. You know, um, Anthony Books also says he thinks that Brett Brown had a lot to do with them leaving but as a gm sometimes you have to make an executive call he said and and richardson are the team right now okay so you know breaking this comment down i see what you're saying um I, I, like i said I, I love Embiid. i love what he did in the playoffs he just didn't have much help at all uh he says he thinks that brett brown had a lot to do with them leaving i agree because in my opinion when you signed trey burke during the offseason to bring him in and then you waived him it was not a good look was not a good idea in my opinion hence like i said earlier this morning look at what he's doing now in dallas continue still in the playoffs then you had made that trade and you got alec burks and glenn robinson unfortunately glenn robinson jr the third was hurt but you still had alec burks and like i said I think it was game one or game two. He gives you 18 points off the bench, and then his minutes get cut. Then you sub Furkan Korkmaz and Matisse Thybulle in before you sub Alec Burks in. I can kind of see Matisse Thybulle because of the defensive prowess, but you need somebody else that can score the ball, especially on the wing, and you need somebody that can create their own shot. There you had it in Alec Burks, but you didn't use him right okay alec burks is ultimately playing for a contract if you had used him in the right way you could have possibly held on to him in some type of way but it's going to be tough because of the contracts that you have on this roster right now okay uh david fuller and the fight, like i said the pitcher said that brett brown needs to be fired other people said yes today others said yes he needs to be uh gerald mckay said yes and elton brand like i said i kind of give elton brand the benefit of the doubt right now okay mark murray also said it's a wrap it's time for him to go my young fella Corey says he's gotta go he doesn't hold players accountable there's that word again accountable never makes adjustments horrible coming out of timeouts and hasn't progressed a single one of our young guys who tend to go on to contribute to other teams i agree with that a lot with what Corey said It it, it always happens to us that way. So getting back to the accountability point, all right? Josh Richardson, in his comments yesterday, some of the things that he said, okay, in in reference to head coach Brett Brown. And I quote, he's a good guy. He's a good man. He means well. I just think going forward, he's got to have more accountability. I don't think there was much accountability this season, and I think that was part of our problem. Okay. Uh, he goes also goes on to say, there's always got to be a day one. So you just got to start from scratch. It ain't going to be easy. People are not going to be comfortable, but that's what championship teams do. You know, guys not doing their jobs on or off the court. There's got to be, excuse me, some sort of, not consequence but we got to be able to talk to each other and listen and not listen to say something back but actually hear it i totally agree with that he also said it's a hard lesson to learn for some people but in order for us to make this playoff run that i think we all want i know we all want it's got to start so again he says it and he keyed on the accountability okay and I agree with everything that he said about the accountability. There needs to be some, which there was not a lot of on this team. And that accountability comes from the coaching staff. We had that little blow-up or alleged blow-up in the eight-seating games with Joel Embiid and Shake Millen. Hence, again, why I continually say that he has now proven that he is not a starter as of right now. Not saying that he can't work on his game and eventually down the line somewhere become a starter. But as of right now, he's not a starter at point guard in the NBA. That whole situation, at the time, it was warranted and it was needed. I I commend Joel for attempting to be the leader and saying something to him. If Shaq didn't like it, do your job. Two of my friends, longtime friends... Eric Mickles, we call him Money, Shiloh Wanamaker. We played a lot of basketball together, and I'm sure they're still tuned in and they're listening, and they're going to agree with me. We played a lot of basketball together. Money was the point guard. Shiloh was one of the forwards. I was the guard, a lot of times the two guard. I could shoot when I was younger. There were a lot of times, and Shiloh will attest to this, when i was off in the game that we were playing or even when we had timeouts or whatever they called me dumars they be like yo dude you can't miss those shots you got to make those i didn't take it as they were coming at my neck as people say i understood what was going on and i understood basketball where i was the shooter so i had to make those shots and i mean i i I understand i'm human i'm not gonna make every single one unless i'm having a great night or a great day but in general i'm gonna miss a few but i had no issue with them saying to me in the heat of the moment regardless of how they said it dude you gotta make those shots You got to make those shots. If they leaving you like that, or if you get that look, you got to make that shot. I accepted it. That was the problem with that situation with Shea. He didn't accept it. And I don't think Joel told him anything wrong. Okay? I don't think they told him anything wrong, or he told him anything wrong. Like I said, they haven't chimed in, but I know they agree with me. And it's what you have to do as a team as a unit because when you win games you win them as a team when you lose game you lose them as a team so as a team and as much basketball as we played together there was no issue and i accepted that criticism that constructive criticism as it was for the benefit of the team and i understood that they were correct so no issues for me with them telling me that So it shouldn't have been any issues in that situation with Joel and Shake Milton, all right? I'm gonna go on to what Joel Embiid had to say briefly. And I quote, I'm not the GM, I don't make the decisions. All I know is that we've got a great organization, a bunch of great people outside of basketball. I never judge people based on basketball. I judge them based on how great great of a people and how bad of a people they are. And I think in this in the organization, we've got amazing people. From the management, owners, management, staff, coaching staff, to training staff. we got a bunch of great people. Okay, Joel, I like that being politically correct in your response there. Also goes on to say, like I said, I don't make the decisions. I'm here in Philly. Whatever happens, happens. I've always said I want to end my career here. And if it happens, good. If it doesn't happen, well, you move on and all that stuff. But I'm here, and I'm going to still try to do my best to bring the championship back to Philly. Okay? Good stuff from both of those guys who could possibly have been labeled as leaders on this team. All right? You know, and like I said, I went through the Josh Richardson stuff. Okay? Okay? Richardson, again, was angry. He couldn't control his anger. Okay. Uh, Let's see. He talks about his first season, him speaking up in Miami. He also goes on to say, and I quote, I am really pissed, so I'm not in a good mood. I am not happy and not sitting here for moral victories because Ben wasn't here. No excuses, he said. We got whooped, and I'm not happy about it, so it is what it is. Okay. He was referring to that. He also goes on to say, he's a good guy, a good man, and he means well. I think that going forward, he's got to have more accountability. Again, and he thinks that's what happened, and that's why the Sixers were in the position that they were in. Okay. Um, I think he also goes on and says, people are not going to be comfortable... But that is what championship teams do. okay. And that's the end of the quote that I read earlier. So I totally agree with what was said by him. Now, to close out, people ask, how did we get here? Okay, It's come out from Keith Pompey and a few others that Brett Brown had a hand in Jimmy Butler leaving the Sixers. Like I told you, I listened to the episode of him on J.J. Reddick's podcast. They made mention of the film session and some other sessions and meetings that they had. And Jimmy Butler was like looking at guys like, yo, you need to speak up. Like, I'm not going to speak up because I just got here. But I will speak up when the time comes if I need to. He said, but no, you've been here. You need to speak up. Guys wouldn't speak up. Again, accountability. He said that. Once he got in that film session and how that film session played out, and you can go find Google J.J. Reddick's podcast and find it and hear what he had to say. That he knew at that moment that he would more than likely not be coming back to Philadelphia. Again, someone as outspoken as Jimmy Butler, who was a killer on the court, who Brett Brown used when he was here. He won games for us. He brought the toughness to the team that got us to the conference semifinals last season. In my opinion, once again, if not for that lucky bounce, Sixers would have beat Toronto in that seven-game series and went on to the Eastern Conference Finals last year because they had toughness and they had somebody on the court and on the sideline instituting that toughness. Brett Brown didn't want to deal with that is what's reported another reason why I think that he needs to go because you have to have or you have to be as a coach you should want that one of your players to stay on his teammates that's helped for you as a coach to get these guys in line he didn't want to deal with it he didn't want to deal with Jimmy so Jimmy instituted what or they orchestrated a sign and trade and Jimmy got to where he wanted to be and again Look at what he did to that Miami team. Last year, Miami wasn't this good. They were still okay, but they weren't as good as they are now. But he went there, and they've got a lot of young players, but he's instituted a toughness within that organization, within that locker room, to those guys on the court, and they followed suit. Which is why he loved Joel Embiid. But if your coach doesn't want to deal with that your coach doesn't want that around there creates the problem hence where we are today with the sixers so again in all of that i say brett brown you have coached your last game in philadelphia when he will be fired i honestly don't know but i give it at worst by the end of the week is where I give it to. Folks. That ends. My rant. Today. This video was live. So this video will be posted. Later on today if you see it. You can post some comments. Like I said. You know where to find me. You can send me messages. You can post comments on these videos. Facebook. Sports Rap Radio Show is the group page. You can DM me on Instagram. At Sports Rap underscore D. Alright. And give me what you got. I'll bring it to the table and we can talk about it. So again, Sixers long, long off-season coming up. Hopefully it will be a very busy long off-season because drastic changes need to be made. You definitely have to revamp this bench. You have to think about moving Al Horford because of the contract. So you can bring in some viable bench players other than what you have. You had Kyle O'Quinn on the bench who never played. Mind-boggling to me. He could have played some. He wasn't hurt. He could have played. He's a very willing passer out of at the top of the key in the high post. When he played, he did what he was supposed to do on the court. But he didn't get enough playing time. You kept instituting court miles into the rotation for stretches of games that he shouldn't have been out there playing. You didn't play Alec Burks enough. You brought in my old Neto. You should have waived him instead of Trey Burke. You instituted Shake Milton into the starting lineup for that stretch when Ben was hurt. In the regular season, he played well. But again, like I said, now he was put into team scouting reports. And in the playoffs and in these eight seeding games in the restart, he proved that he is not a starter in the NBA as of right now. This concludes your Sixers talk for today. If you have been tuned in to the Sports Rap podcast, it's your boy, Sports Rap D. Like I said, you know where to find me at Sports Rap D. At sports rap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter, on Facebook, the group page sports rap radio show is where you find me. Please go check out the website sportswrapradio.com Check out YouTube. Some of these videos will go up later this week. SportsRap TV. Make sure you hit the like button on the videos that you like. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. And also get over to the podcast, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast search the sports rep podcast and you can get all of this and anything that you missed from previous shows it's your boy d signing out i will see you next week and lastly once again before i go the guns down mics up community walk starts this saturday 10 a.m 1061 bridge street we will continue for the next several weeks on saturdays if you go to the group page you will see the flyer You'll see the post there, and it will give you all of the dates and where it will be. Then on September the 5th in Hunting Park Softball Tournament, 12 noon, 9th in Hunting Park, on the 9th Street side of Hunting Park, giving back to the community two events. One is going to go for several weeks, and one is just going to be a day event. Like I said, that's posted in the group page. You can get there and check it out, or you can go to heat100radio.com and get all the information that you need on those events it's your boy d signing out enjoy your monday enjoy the rest of your week and i will definitely alert you when the firing comes because i'm guaranteeing it's going to come sometime this week it's your boy d signing out peace